Thanks for tuning in to the Spoken World podcast, here to bring you interesting guests from the world of education, children, and all things drama-related. I'm your host, Saliha Agbaje, founder and creative director of Spoken World Productions. We're a theatre and education organisation for children. We expand the minds of children using performing arts, and it's our mission to tackle social issues through working with children in schools using sociodrama, mindfulness, and creativity. Hello, and welcome to the show. This week's episode is brought to you from our very own Spoken World Productions. Spoken World Productions is a theatre and education organisation providing tailor-made drama, mindfulness and movement workshops for children in schools, charities, museums and families both online and in real life. Check out our website, spokenworldproductions.com for all the info. Before introducing our wonderful guest today, here's the latest with our virtual celebration. As you know, we couldn't let our sparkly award for most innovative podcast 2021, according to Quill, we couldn't let it pass by without celebrating. It wouldn't have been right, would it? (laughs) Sunday, that's the 18th of July, we have a panel of returnee guests joining us for fun, games, quizzes, prizes, and lots of interaction from you, our wonderful audience. So please join us. We have the Andrew Hampton, the wonderful Catherine Bruce, the awesome Lara Oyedele, the wonderful Fumi Ogunde, and of course, Dr. Rebecca, and not forgetting the amazing David Farmer. I'll be co-hosting with Nikki Green. It's going to be amazing. Prizes from small businesses like Shona Chambers Marketing, Made by Pure Hands, Madara Home, Hampers from You and so much more. I really can't wait. I'm so excited. We'll be streaming live from 4 until 5.30 and I really hope you'll be able to join us. Now, without further ado, allow me to introduce our guest for this week. I'm really incredibly excited to bring to you Nadine Martins. She is an amazing mother and she's a new author. And that's what I'm so excited to speak about with her today. Ah, She is the founder of Voices for Autism as well. So you can see that she's just wearing all the hats. She's an amazing VA. She's just, yeah, she's everything. Meet Nadine. She is an autism mum and advocate for parents and carers in the community. Nadine is mum to Tegan, who was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder in 2011. Tegan is now an amazing 20 years old and thriving. When Tegan was diagnosed, Nadine found she could not meet others due to a full-time job and only found information online about the condition. Nadine really wanted to meet others on the same journey as her, and after sitting on the idea for a long time, Nadine created Voices for Autism. Voices for Autism started as a monthly coffee morning to meet other parents and carers. Now heading into its sixth year, Voices for Autism is now officially a charity. 
And in 2021, Nadine wrote a children's book for her son, Tegan, called Awesome Super Duper Me. Isn't that an amazing title? I still love it and I have my copy. (laughs) The book is a short story about Tegan and ASD. And she wanted to encourage positive conversations around autism, whether you're affected personally or not. So much more to do within the community and beyond surrounding autism. Nadine is trying to make a difference, no matter how small that might be. Nadine, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. That felt so weird to hear all of that. Oh my God, (laughs) that's me, that's me. That is you, (laughs) own it. That is you, that is yours. It was such a pleasure to read back to you. And um, I hope it gave you positive thoughts too and positive feelings. Yes, it did and it does. And um, as I, I feel like, I don't, because I'm an autism mum, I don't, I don't shout from the rooftops about our achievements and, you know, what we're doing. And I know we definitely should celebrate it a lot more. Um, But I feel that as mum, this is, this is what I'm here to do, you know. Mm. Um, Mum to Tegan, Tegan is an amazing young man. And I just feel like he's he's not going to do it so I need to do it you know absolutely absolutely you're his voice that's what it seems yeah that's right that's right wow so you've been doing this for a very long time I mean Tegan's an adult now he is a grown man 20 years old yeah his own thoughts and his own abilities and you are still his voice which is amazing And I think the fact that you wrote this book about him, for him, that that speaks in volumes about your passion. It hasn't it hasn't waned, hasn't waned a little bit. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's going back to the beginning. um, Tegan was um, he was quite poorly as a child. And, you know, um, the doctors and the consultants, they would always say that, you know, um, he might be delayed in certain areas. You know, he might need this. He might need that. But autism was never it was never raised. It was never raised. Um, So it was primary school was fantastic he had great support the minute he stepped into that gate he had a support worker and that support worker followed him right through primary school which was amazing um but we always knew that there was something else and I went back to my doctors and I said look he hasn't been seen for a number of years could you refer us back to a neurologist to assess him I didn't say autism I just said Whatever's missing, if there's something missing, we need to know. We need to put that in his education statement to make sure he gets all the support that he needs. Now, I knew that him transitioning from primary school to secondary school was going to be very different. And I didn't want anything to stop my boy from achieving. So then we had our assessment and it turned out that he, he, he was autistic. Um, they did say he was mild to moderate. Um, and for me, I probably cried for about a week, if I'm honest, um, Mm. because I just felt we had gone 11 years, although he had great support in place, we went 11 years without really knowing. And I think it's true that autism shows up a lot more as they get older, 
But because mm. I wasn't looking out for that, I wasn't thinking that, oh, uh, you know, he, he, I just thought he was an SEN child, he needed extra support, and that would be it. Um, but once I got over my tears, I was like, well, how do I best support my son? What do I need to do? Um, and that's when I started looking at I went to the National Autistic Society, um, but because I was working full time, I could never get to their meetings. Um, so I was like, well, if I'm like this, I'm pretty sure there are families out there going through the same. They're working full time. They're managing the home, you know. So so that's why I, I put Voices for Autism in place in 2015. Um, and it's been it's been an amazing journey. Um, I I don't know what to say. It's it's been oh, very rewarding. It's been I really rewarding. Really, I mean, there will be parents. There will be parents that are listening to this that are new to understanding the spectrum, um, yeah. and have no idea how to handle the idea of raising a child with autism, and they need support too. Your charity yeah. is a great example um, of the networks that do exist. And I think mm-hmm. it's important that we just we talk about that a little bit. Can you just tell us, you know, what is voice what is Voices for Autism trying to achieve? So what we're trying to achieve is to basically spread awareness about the condition. We want to support um, parents and carers on the same journey as us, no matter how old your child is. What I found was that a lot of the parents and carers coming to us, Tegan was much older than their child. So they were looking at what they had to come, basically. Mm. And I always say, even though, you know, your child might have been diagnosed when they're eight or you're waiting for that diagnosis. If you're still awaiting that diagnosis, keep a diary, keep a log of everything. Because when you go to that assessment, you want to whip out those notes and tell them that you're prepared. You've come armed with the tools so you can assess my child properly. And if your child has been diagnosed, then you want to make sure that all the support is in place. The only way that your child is going to thrive and do really, really well is having all of those tools in place. Now, I've met a lot of parents and carers that have said, you know, I don't want my child to be labelled. You know, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. And I don't walk around every day saying, you know, Tegan's autistic and he has this and he has that. I don't do that. But what I do Mm. do is make sure that he has all the services and all the support in place to make sure he has every opportunity just like everyone else. And I understand Mm. that, you know, having a special needs child, the opportunities are not always fair. They're not. That's right. You know, so giving him the tools to... um, learn at his own pay uh, learn at his own pace um absorb information at his own pace and do his best ultimately mm. i'm not saying that you know i want him to be a doctor or a lawyer or any anything's possible isn't it but Absolutely. all i want is for my child to be happy and healthy and be able to do exactly what he wants to do at his own pace it's interesting you should say um, that there are some families or some parents that don't fancy the label and they don't want mm. their child to be boxed in. It is a double-edged sword because, like you say, if you don't get the label, so to speak, you don't qualify for the services. And exactly. if you're new to this, you need the services, you need the assistance. Exactly. Because yeah. 
it's um you know to to handle a child to raise a child in itself is a hard job but to raise a child that has special educational needs that takes more than one person absolutely and you know with autism everybody's affected differently I always say, once you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. There might be similarities, but Mm. you can't put everybody in the same box because they're not all the same. You know, Tegan doesn't have um, his verbal. He can articulate himself to a a point. Um, Mm. He he eats everything. He sleeps well. And I've met so many parents that have, you know, their children punching holes in the walls or they only eat chips or bread or, mm. you know, and again, they're autistic too. But yes. them and Tegan are, are, are two different people, you know. So mm. having, having that label will open up doors in the sense that you might have occupational health, you might have speech and language, you might have physio, you, you, you might have art therapy. There's so many things that, you know, having that diagnosis will, will help. It helps. Yeah. And I, I don't waive our, our um, healthcare plan in the air all the time. But trust me, if I need to waive it, I'm going to waive it. Absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose it's kind of tricky for some families because especially if they're new to it, there's a stigma. There's a stigma that appears um, where I've, I've personally met parents and you can see that they've shied away from owning that label or owning that umbrella that there's actually a difference between your child and the other children. Um, and they shy away from that. They're in denial about that. And you can't help but empathize because of this stigma, which you know exists in different of communities. Of I'm wondering how you navigated some of those hurdles because they exist in the black community too. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, it was very much, he's my child. I know my child best and I know that he's not, he might pinch your child or he might bite your child, but there's a reason. Um, and in primary school, the kids were amazing with Tegan. It was the parents that were the problem. And it was mm. the parents because they didn't understand. They didn't understand why this big boy would be pinching and biting my child. My child's a lovely child. The, the mm. difference is, is that Tegan wasn't speaking. So he was frustrated he was frustrated. Um, so this whole stigma that, you know, your child's been cursed, it's bad luck. And because, you know, I even meet people now and I say, you know, my eldest has autism. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Why? <laughs> it's an amazing <laughs> boy. Why? Yes. And, and it's that it's that perception that they have that autism is, you know, they're nonverbal, they can't communicate, they, they don't do anything. And, and just that's mm. not true. In some cases, obviously, you can get severe autism, but not everybody's the same. So with, with me doing the coffee mornings, it was very much trying to bring everybody together to share our experiences, whether they were good, bad, I'm not so sure, what should I do, um, you know, I've been at schools with parents where they're fighting for something, but 
because the parent might have autism as well or a learning difficulty, they're Mm. unable to articulate what they want or they don't understand what the teachers are saying. So Mm. it's for me to come in and say, well, actually, could we try this, this, this? And I've Mm. always been... I've always been big on having a great partnership with the the schools or the colleges or because what you're doing at there, I want to be doing at home and what we're doing at home, I want you to be doing there as well. So it's working in partnership and we have to break this stigma. I mean, it is, it has changed. It has changed. But I think also if the parent or the carer is not willing to accept that diagnosis, nobody's going to accept it because they're going to see you acting a certain way with your child and they're going to think that's okay when it's not okay. No, that's a valid point because it's a cycle and Mm. I have to take my lead from you. And if you're not treating your child a certain way, I can't treat your child that way. And then the school can't treat them that way. And it just spirals so then how does that child feel are they not in a state of confusion because they don't quite know where they stand or 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 the child feels that they don't have a voice they just Mm. do what mum or dad says you know I think Mm. for me my my name or my picture must have been in so many staff rooms because as soon as they heard my voice on the phone they knew what time it was whether it was (laughs) positive or negative they know Mm. that they're going to hear from Tegan's mum, you know? Mm. And for me, it was very much, he's not going to say anything. He's so relaxed Mm. and so placid and he Mm. forgets easily as well. So if there was a problem, he's not going to come and tell me, you know, I'd have to hear it from somebody else or the teacher, Mm. you know? So it's all about us learning and learning from one another is key. It is key. is key. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And honesty, just be honest with yourself because, you know, there are times where I'm not 100% sure in what I'm doing is correct. I'm not 100% sure of, it might be a new hurdle because as they get older, the services drop off, the funding drops off. So you're kind of back to where you started, but you're just managing to stay afloat you know yeah Mm. yeah, absolutely and that's yet another challenge like you said another hurdle and so of course you now need to start thinking about how to how to not allow Tegan to miss out on what he's used to receiving yeah yeah exactly that's that's tough and you just have to always be like 10 steps ahead 10 steps ahead all the time and it's draining it's it's hard it really is what it's draining in what sense how how are you managing as as parents of an autistic child I mean you've been doing it for 20 years now credit to you and Tegan's not your only child and obviously you faced challenges that um with Tegan that you wouldn't have faced with your other son he's 14 now 14 yeah your your younger one goodness me he's a big boy But he doesn't have autism. So no. there's there's a difference in how you'd have raised the two, I assume. Yeah, yeah. So with Tegan, obviously, it was a lot more hands-on support. Um, Education-wise, um, he didn't have to go through the whole GCSE things. Um, he didn't do exams and that. So that was quite easy. Um, with my younger one, he has no additional needs. He's, he's, he's just flying through and... 
I would say that he had to grow up a little bit faster because of Tegan, um, mm. because he's had to support, you know. Um, I wouldn't say he's a carer, but he's seen what his brother's gone through. He's seen right. mummy be in tears, you know, fighting for this or writing an angry email or a letter. He's mm. seen all of this. Um, so with our 14-year-old, you know, you've got the whole hormones and, you know, the relationships, the friendships, and all of that is all new to us. We never went yes. through that with Tegan. So Tegan was very easy, considering, very, <laughs> very easy. So ultimately, I think it's a struggle mentally and emotionally, for sure. Mm. Mm. For sure. I um, suppose you kind of feel like a first-time mum, even though yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. it second time round. <laughs> yeah, because we, me and Dad will look at each other sometimes and be like, what? What is this? Wow. Like, we never had this with <laughs> Tegan. But it's because we didn't, you know, as they say, no two children are the same anyway. Um, That's right. But I would say definitely, like, even Tegan's medical history, like, I've got a file so big of letters and correspondence and you just have to keep on top of everything, you know. Not so much now, but at, when he was younger, we had a lot of um, medical appointments and annual reviews and it was it's it's tiring it's actually tiring mm. and people always say to me how do you remain smiling because I know mm. my son's in the best place and I know that we're doing the best we can for him and Absolutely. I know that he may not say thank you or I love you mum but I know he does yes, I know that you know does. I know that all getting all emotional just thinking oh, about it. Don't you dare cry. <laughs> <laughs> but Nadine, you know, what I wonder is from the perspective of um, parents that might be listening um, that have nothing to do with autism or autistic mm -hmm. children or have no idea what it's like. Mm -hmm. What is it like as the parent of an autistic child? Let's talk about an autistic child in primary school. What is it like on a day-to-day -day basis from your perspective? Of course, we have a spectrum that's really wide, yeah. really broad, and we all generalize because sometimes we look at media, we look at the internet, and maybe we're only, um, we're only privy to certain types of autism. Maybe we just get a snapshot of it on a TV show or Maybe yeah. somebody's read a book or seen, you know, there's this book that um, is called The Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. I don't know if you know it. It's mm. um, a book by, um, it's his name now, Mark Haddon, I think. Um, and they turned it into a, um, a show, uh, a production, a musical production, mm -hmm. especially for the theatre. Yeah. And that, when that came to light, I thought to myself, well, this is actually a really good opportunity for people to understand a little bit about, you know, special educational needs and mm -hmm. those that are different, you know. And yeah. then there was nothing else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> At least no yeah. nothing else that I saw and of it's anyway. it's not there anymore. It's not there it's anymore. It's not it's there anymore. There yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, so I thought, wow, this is really great. But yeah. then what comes next? And if you didn't catch that book or you didn't catch that show, you're right. Ignorance is no kind of um, reason in this yeah. day and age because we have the internet and we have books. But 
those things are only there if you pry into them. Yeah. If you have no reason or you feel you have no reason to want to learn or understand what autism is, you won't necessarily pick up a book or yeah. ask somebody. You, yeah. you just think, well, that's their life. That's their experience. That's not for me. I don't know. I don't need to know. I don't want to know. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to have conversations like this. And that's why I'm asking you, for you, what was it like for you as the mother of an autistic child and then I'd like to know what what the difference is between the mother of an autistic child and the mother of an autistic teenager Mm. so um primary school was um again the kids were lovely because they didn't know anything else but at the same time although he didn't have the diagnosis he still needed that support so they were very much, it was like Tegan was the baby of the group. So right. they would, they were really, they were really protective over him. Um, and, but for me as a parent, it was really difficult. Um, I've got a great family network, really great with him. Um, but again, even people in our family didn't understand because he could, mm. because he was, he could walk, he could talk eventually. I mean, he didn't walk until he was nearly two. Um, mm. He didn't, he didn't come out of nappies until quite late. And um, mm. he didn't speak until he was five. So right. um, everything was delayed. Everything was delayed. Um, and it was really difficult because I had to be on top of appointments. And at that stage, um, we had to go to consultants appointments every six months to a year where they could test his milestones. And I tell you, even thinking about it now, every time we used to go to those meetings and they test him on certain things like putting um, blocks on top of one another. Yes. Mm. Those sort of things he could not do. He could not do. And I felt that, Every time I came out of that office, I would cry for the rest of the day. Mm. But I had to take him to school and then I had to go back to work. Mm. And I was in my head, I was pleading, like, please do it, Tegan, please do it, please do it, please. And he mm. just couldn't. So it it was difficult. It was difficult. Really, I, I don't even know how to put it into words. It's just like you're on um you're on a conveyor belt. You're just going. And going and going. Mm. And it's because you have to. Mm. If, if, if you stop doing, who's going to do it? And great, mm. his dad's there. Fantastic. But he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand. It's his first child. He doesn't understand. He doesn't understand the way I understand Tegan. If Tegan's going to run to anybody, he will always run to me. Mm. Always. So it's it's difficult emotionally, it's difficult mentally. I mean, I've never looked at other people's children that don't have additional needs and say, oh my God, I wish Tegan was like that. Absolutely never, ever had that entered my mind. I'm, mm. I was blessed with Tegan for a reason. That's Absolutely. it. That's it. Mm. And I'm so glad he chose me to be his mummy because I'm that warrior mum that just does not give, like... Come for my son. <laughs> You've got a fight on your hands. No matter how small it is, we, I do not play. I, I, obviously, I don't play for any of my children, but Tegan? No. Ooh. If you, oh, if you blow on him too hard, it's a problem. 
And you know, don't want to meet you in a dark alleyway. He, he I'm is afraid. so he's so <laughs> laid back, and the good thing is that when we were out and about, and you know, people used to point at him, and you know, they might laugh at him because he's because he was so big, he used to fall over a lot, um, and people used to laugh at him and stuff. And I would notice, and thankfully, Tegan was always oblivious to it, always. Uh. And I mm. love that. I love that. But mm. it was always me mm. that was, you know, always in an argument upset. or really mm. upset because people can just be so mean, really, mm. really mean. But mm. moving on to having a teenager, that got a little bit harder when obviously you're, you're, you're going through your puberty you're starting to notice girls and relationships and, you know, you want to be like, the cool kids and mm. you know you just and because he's quite vulnerable um I have to remind him that you know you you can't quite do that yet but you could do this but he doesn't mm. want to hear what mum's saying you know he wants <laughs> to do what everybody else is doing and I'm like well you could get in trouble you know and it's having those conversations that he's gonna understand you know um like personal space being mm. too close to a female, you can't do those things because you'll get in trouble. So it's kind Absolutely. of, you know, adapting the conversations to make sure that he understands that he doesn't put him in, in himself in a place where he could get arrested, let's say, because yeah. he's an adult yeah. and because you can't see autism. You don't see it. Mm. So you see in a big six foot three adult, you'll just think mm. he's fine. You know, mm, mm, if he mm. looks at somebody a certain way, that could get him into trouble. Mm, you know, so mm, it's mm. it's it's being extra vigilant as well. But I'm learning to kind of ease up a little bit. You know, it's really mm. difficult, but it I know be. that I'm not doing him any favours by wrapping him up in cotton wool. It's it's yes. I'm not going to be here forever. We're not going to be here forever. And I just don't want to hinder him in being mm. able to live his best life. Mm. So for the future, and like you say, you're not going to be here forever. Yeah. How are you safeguarding towards his future? Of course, he's at college. So he's yeah. at a wonderful institution that yeah. provides for his needs and guides him and educates yeah. him. Um, but of course, that's during daytime hours. What happens What happens after he leaves college? How does he feel about being prepared for the world? I think with Tegan, he's just winging it, <laughs> if I'm honest. He's just <laughs> like winging all of us, it. basically. <laughs> you know, he's literally... Um, we're still trying to work out what the future brings. Um, his college are really great um, because he's doing a life skills programme. So you know, skills at home even, because I don't do much for Tegan. Tegan has to do it himself. If it takes you 20 minutes longer, it takes you 20 minutes longer. So what? Who cares? Mm. Take your time, mm. you know? So I encourage all those life skills. Ideally, I would like Tegan to be able to move out of the family home and maybe be in supported housing, maybe. Mm. Um, mm. But I feel like... I'm planning for it, but you can't plan for it because mm. you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know. And, and I feel like we're, we've been put back a little bit because of the pandemic. So mm. we wasn't able to go out as freely as we wanted to. Um, but I mean, 
we're planning as best we can, I guess. I've got yeah. the idea that, you know, he's going to be amazing and he will be amazing. Mm. I just don't mm. know what that looks like right now. Mm, mm, you know? Mm, mm. Absolutely. Your book, Super Duper Me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, Super Duper Me. Yes. It's all about Tegan. It's, it's all, all about, about Tegan. Tegan. Yes. What absolutely. inspired you? What about Tegan inspired you to write this book? So, as we were saying, you know, um, a lot of people, if you're not affected by autism, you don't care for it or you don't know much about it. And I find that a lot of the a lot of the conversations I have with parents is that, you know, at playtime or in the classroom, you know, the children always ask, oh, why have they got a helper or you know, why Why are they not sitting on the carpet? Or, you know, in the playgrounds, nobody's playing with them. They're just by themselves. Or he doesn't want to play with me. I don't like him. You know, that's usually mm. what happens. So for Awesome Super Duper Me, it was very much creating good conversations about a child with autism and why they might do what they do. So it's it's, although it's a book for children it's really good for the parents to read it as well, <laughs> you know? Mm, um, I could I could actually write a book about my own experience as an autism mum, but mm. it's so painful, I wouldn't want to go there. Mm. I wouldn't want to mm. go there. There's, there's just so much pain that I'm not sure I'd want to document it. So mm. having Awesome Super Duper Me as a children's book, I thought it was a really mm. good introduction into what, you know, although it stands for Autism Spe- Spectrum Disorder, it's also Awesome Super Duper, you know, just yes, to see the is. positives in it all. Mm, I love that. And I love just that you flipped it and allowed us to embrace what is good because there's good in everything. Yeah. There's good in everything. What does it feel like now to add author to your repertoire? Because goodness me, there was a very long intro that I had to give about you. So tell us, <laughs> now that you've added author to that, how does that feel? How does that make you feel? Um, it feels good. But again, it's it's not about me. It's about Tegan and others just like him. Um, obviously, I take credit for writing the book, but I feel as though... If you're affected by it, you will know exactly why the book means so much, you know. Mm. And I've had a lot of parents buy it for their children who have autism um, and they love it because they see themselves. And representation does matter. It does matter. And also being a black child, um, being a black autistic child, super Mm. important to highlight it as well because we don't talk about it enough. Mm. No. How long did it take you to write the book? Not long. Not long. Mm. Not long at all. Probably Not long at all. a couple of hours. It wasn't been, long. You've been sitting on it, haven't you? I've it's been, been in on you it, for yeah. a while. Yeah. I was sitting on it for a while because, again, just like everything else I do, I'm very much, mm, do people want this? But I wanted mm. it. So even if, even if I sold one copy, it wouldn't matter to me because this is for Tegan. This is for mm. Tegan. It's not, you know, 
it's great if it gets out to the world and you know I I would love it to be in every school every waiting room every you know I'd love it to be everywhere but I know that not everybody it will it will um apply to and it will Mm. you know not everybody's gonna want it but I'm hoping mm-hmm. it does. <laughs> yes, yes. And I think what better way to begin than just to get started with yeah. a publication? Because like yeah. you say, representation matters. And where you've got the image of Tegan himself in, a, I have to describe the cover of the book where he's just standing there in a power stance. And yeah. he's wearing a super outfit, which is purely <laughs> representative of being yeah. a superhero. That's right. And that's, you know, that's spins a completely new perspective on someone that has autism you don't generally understand them to be a superhero but that's obviously well, something are. that you've seen yeah yeah and I've seen feel something that, yeah also because those with autism can sometimes be treated unfairly sometimes be misunderstood it's very much no I am powerful no I am strong and mm. you know I'm I'm no less than you just because I'm autistic Mm. No, <laughs> no, mm. not we're not having that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> because there is that. There is the understanding of being the underdog. There mm. is that, you know, perspective in society. And when you spoke about parents that might actually have autism, and then they struggle to represent their child in the best possible light in school yeah. because they have autism, obviously they're at a weaker, a weaker position. How how can we help them? Those that are just ordinary. Um, passers-by how how can we play our part what can we do so it's quite simple um it's more never judge a book by its cover just because you know they're the the autistic child is having a meltdown on the pavement and and the parent seems as though they're not um they're not being attentive or they don't care. No, they know what strategies work for the child. And what you could do as a passerby is ask if they need any help. All right, they might bite your head off and say, leave me alone. But (laughs) you can just imagine how stressful it is for them. You know, Mm. Mm. read up about it. It's not, I mean, there's been so much on the television, which is fantastic. Um, but you could also read up about it. You could, I'm pretty sure everybody knows at least one person who has an autistic person in their family. Whether you want to um, accept it or not, whether you want to talk about it outside or not, it's there. It is there. And, you know, I've heard of um, autistic adults not being diagnosed until they're in their 60s or 70s. How hard mm. was that? Why would that be? Would that be a case that they haven't sought help or they didn't know what assistance was available to them or they'd been ignored or? Ignored. Um, There wasn't enough exposure about the condition. And the difficulty is that because um, they don't all look the same, that's the problem. They don't know what to diagnose. So Mm. I know that it's much harder to diagnose in girls because girls can mask it very, very well. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't know why it's taken so long, but as soon as they receive that diagnosis, it's very much, oh my gosh, it all makes sense now. 
Mm. It, as hard mm. as it is that, you know, can you, you can just imagine how hard it was growing up. You know, a lot of them talk about um, being sent to a mental institution or, you know, and literally I'm autistic. I'm autistic and that's okay. All I need is the tools and the resources to help me be the best that I can be. Mm. You know? And that's literally all it's about. Yeah. Just trying to be your best self mm. and get through get through yeah. each day. That's it's a it's a, a real challenge because society is not built for the autistic mind. No. Um, you know, society, communities generally are not um they're not positioned to accommodate, you know, the autistic child, never mind the autistic adult, no. who's probably been struggling their whole lives to just get heard. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why conversations like this are really important because, um, as you say, services drop off as you get older, but then what is that young person supposed to do? Um, especially if society hasn't really acclimatised to having them there. Yeah. How, how are they supposed to you know, make ends meet? How are they supposed to progress in their lives? Yeah, yeah. Work experience, you know, everyday things that we kind of have ambitions for our young people to to aspire towards, university, yeah. um, you know, just weekend job. What what kind of measures are put in place? There's, they're, they're very far and few between. Um, a lot of the employers, they're open to it, but sometimes they don't understand that the the autistic person will need support the whole time. They don't have that manpower. But mm. at the same time, they, they like to say, you know, oh, maybe they can volunteer in the charity shop or why? Why? You know, mm. autistic people have so much strengths and they're, they're not all geniuses. They're not. But if you have a passion for something, just like you and I, you're going to excel at it. So why mm. not be paid for it? Mm. You know, I mean, Tegan's got another year of college and then we can start looking at opportunities. But for me, it's very much we may have to create the opportunity ourselves. Right. And You've got to be open to that. Yeah. You have to be open to that. And, you know, I've seen quite a few things around the world where families have created businesses for for their their child to make sure they they are are somewhere and that and for us we've done the same I mean we do have a small cleaning company that we have and Tegan can come on board no problem mm. if he does not if he does not get the opportunities that you know he needs to get and we can just kind of um create a a, mm. a role for him Whatever he wants mm. to do, you know, even mm. in my, my, my VA business, I could create a role for Tegan to help me. Absolutely. But does he mm. really want to be working with his mum? Does mom? he want to work really? for mum? <laughs> <laughs> That's but, what I was going to ask next. Yeah. What are his own ambitions? What, what are Tegan's dreams for Tegan? Because, of course, just like all other mums, you have your own ambitions, yeah. and your, your ideas that you have set out for your boys in your head and you're probably guiding them here and there, you know, go yeah. for this or go for that yeah. but what does he think what does he hope to achieve well his mind changes all the time so mm. right now he's very he's very good at gardening he loves gardening mm. um mm. he loves food anything food related 
But um, for me, I've never really pushed Tegan into anything. If you want to do it, son, I'm right behind you. You know, I will support you in anything that you do. But what I don't want to see is that you're just wasting away doing nothing. Please at mm. least try. And because Tegan is so placid and so easygoing, he will do anything you want him to. But I want mm. to see that there's a passion for something. He loves music. He loves music. He loves food. He loves gardening. So one out of one of those, hopefully yes. we can find something that he loves, you know, because I don't mm. want him doing it just for the sake of doing it. You know, I really Absolutely. want him to be invested. But if yeah. he wants to come and work with me, no problem either. <laughs> <laughs> Vacancies open. <laughs> Excellent. Oh, Nadine, before we let you go, it's been amazing speaking to you and learning all Thank about you. Voices for Autism and about the amazing Tegan, who sounds like a right character. He is. <laughs> but before, <laughs> before we wrap up, we usually end with um, three questions just to get inside your head a little bit more. Sure. <laughs> Can you share with us a book that you found helpful with understanding autism better? It might help if we can share more resources and just give an understanding of what autism is for, you know, obviously it's really broad. It's, yeah. it's a huge umbrella term, but there'll be some people that have no idea where to start. And perhaps you've got some resources that might help. Well, for one, um, there's this fantastic book called Awesome Super Do For Me. That's one. Yes, there is a fantastic, then... I have that book. <laughs> and then that there's book another, again? I've read a few books, um, and I've also given away loads of books from um, Voices for Autism. But one of them that did stand out, um, I can't remember the author, but I will send it to you. It's called The Reason I Jump. And it's about a, a young boy in Japan. It's, it's, a, it's a true story. Um, and he's quite uh, severely autistic and he's nonverbal. But he communicates via writing and poems and it's amazing. That's the first, that's one of the books that I would definitely recommend. And it really gives you an insight to how an autistic child is feeling and what they're trying to say. Um, that's a really nice book. It's so interesting you should mention that book. I was just speaking about this book today. See? This, um, yep, yep. I've never heard of this book until today and somebody oh, mentioned amazing. it to me. Apparently it's going to be turned into a movie. Yeah. Or it's already turned into a movie. I don't know. It's by Naoki Higashida. That's it. I don't That's know if I pronounced it. that correctly. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Every time we have a raffle, I would put that book in there because it's a Excellent. must read. It, it is. I, I, I've probably bought so many that I don't even have a copy for myself now because I just lend them out all the time because it's such a good read. It's such a positive read. Amazing. And your other one? Um, awesome Super Duper Me. Awesome Super Duper Me. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's by you. <laughs> yes. It's a must read. <laughs> it's a must read. Thank you so much for that. Can I also ask you, what's a wonderful piece of advice or a handy technique that you could just never do without? The one piece of advice that I was given is um, your child, your your child is going to grow up and um, as, as an autism mum, my child's going to grow up and they're going to leave home. 
So do my very best to support that. Which means none of this cotton wool, to an extent, mm. keep them safe, but also let them learn by themselves. And mm. when I heard that, I was very much, mm, no, but he needs me. Mm. Tegan surprises me all the time. All the time. And there's there's been times where I've had to apologise to him purely because I thought that he couldn't do something where he was very much able to. I love that he surprises you all the time. All the time. All the time. It's quite embarrassing, actually, but <laughs> it just shows that we've done a great job with him. You know? Nadine, where can our listeners learn more about you? Um, so... We are on all social media platforms. Um, Voices for Autism is the name on Instagram. And we have a Facebook page as well. The Facebook page is where we share just um, information, articles and things like that. Um, And there is a page for the book called Awesome Super Duper Me also. The book is available via Amazon if you'd like to purchase it. Thank you very much. (laughs) Wonderful. Yes. Plug it, plug it, plug it. (laughs) Thank you so much, Nadine. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and getting to learn more about Tegan. And um, I admit I must, um, you know, I feel... I feel that it's wonderful that Tegan is not defined by this condition. Absolutely not. He lives in himself. He lives as his own character. And I think that's a really important trait to carry. You've done a great job. Thank you. Well done you. Thank you. (laughs) So we hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe, which will help others to find us more easily. Don't forget to check out our website and our Instagram page. Details are in the show notes. Bye for now. 